Brightwall Podcast presents Lazarus, Episode 3. The Brightwall Podcast is brought to you by people like you. If you would like to help out production, go to patreon.com slash empty square. I woke up, which was a good start. My head was ringing and heavy, like waking up after you've slept for too long. I always prided myself on being a morning person, easily shaking off the sleep and getting on with the day, but not now. Not today. I looked around to get a halfway decent sense of where I was. It was difficult, like waking up in a new home, familiar yet new at the exact same time. I was at home. My bed, my walls, my TV on my dresser. My home. It had worked. God, I I couldn't believe it. It worked. I looked beside me, hoping to see my wife there, but she was gone already. The bed was still warm, though. It hadn't been long. I remembered now that I woke up late on that day. I was already behind. This was it. My one chance, and I was letting it slip away. I shot out of bed faster than anything I'd ever done before in my life threw on a ratty bathrobe, and hurled my way downstairs, trying to catch her before she left. I called out her name with no answer. I looked out the window just to see her car pulling away. I had just missed her. But she was there. I caught a glimpse in the windshield. She saw me through the window of the door. I waved my hands as if to tell her to stop and to slow down, but she just saw it as me waving goodbye. And waved back. Of course. Before I knew it, she was gone. Took the time I was fiddling with the doorknob right as she had now, locked it behind her. It would solve his problem. I didn't know how much but time I had left, but I had to make a decision now. Adrenaline and fear coursed through my veins as I opened the door and raced after her. No. There he goes. Out the door. All right. See you guys back here in 10, 15 minutes? She was in a car. I was on foot. Look, I, I get it. It's not the brightest thing I had ever done in my life. But... I wasn't exactly thinking clearly in the middle of a miracle. I didn't even put on shoes. That's how blinded I was. I could feel the rough asphalt on the road tear up my feet into blisters. I looked around. I was being stared at. Didn't matter. Needed to hurry. I ran to one of the neighbors and asked to borrow their car. Why? Is everything okay? No, my wife was going to die. Oh my god, what's wrong? She's about to get into a fatal car accident. Silence. He slowly started to back away into the house. He said absolutely nothing else. But he also never took his eyes off me. If I had the time to feel any kind of shame at that point, I'd have been absolutely dripping in it. I waited about half a second. Was it worth it? Yes, anything is. So I ran over to the driver's side window of his car, smashed it open with my elbow, tearing at the fabric of the robe, making it somehow rattier. The neighbor stuck his head out, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but I'm pretty sure it was filled with expletives and insults about my mother. It would be okay. I'd apologize later. I made a mental note to send his family a thank you ham when all things were said and done, and I slammed the pedal to the floor and raced towards the crash site. I had no idea how long it had been. Was I already too late? What would I do if I missed my window? The lump in my throat moved down to become a burning hot ball of lead in my chest. I hit every red light that day. And I mean every single one. I tried to be a decent driver. I, I, I did, but time was not on my side. And by the third light, I mounted the curb and drove on the sidewalk. People dove out of the way. It was fine. 
I heard sirens. What were they? Ambulance? I was too late, wasn't I? No, not ambulance. Police. What were the police doing right now? Why are the sirens so loud and- Oh, fuck, they're chasing me, aren't they? I guess that made sense. I drove back onto the slightly more open road as I rolled down the window, sticking my arm out of the window, waving wildly at the police. As if to say, I see the issue and I am wildly aware of its illegality, and I also wish I was doing something different with my life. However, in these extenuating circumstances, I beg for just a little patience, compassion, and leniency as I change the future. That's what I meant, anyway. I, I don't believe they inferred it in such a way, however. Because they seemed to speed up and start driving much more aggressively. Sweat started to drip into my eyes. I was losing focus on the road. I felt the police car begin to push into my car's back end, causing me to swerve to the side. I tried to self-right myself and get away, but all my years of refusing to watch Jason Statham movies had finally caught up with me. I lost control of the car and was almost immobilized by the pit maneuver. I knew when I was beat, and I made a motion to open up the door and get out. I held my hands up above my head, and I slowly got out of the car. I thought maybe this commotion had done enough to change the traffic pattern. Some crazy guy driving on the sidewalk at a city street? That'll cause some people to slow down. I can hope, anyway. Officers, you are never gonna believe the morning I've had. And then we heard it. Unmistakable. The apocalyptically loud crash and the shattering of glass. The sound of twisted metal and the smell of burning gasoline and oil running in the streets. I knew what it was. I knew exactly what it was. I was too late. I wasn't fast enough. I hadn't caused enough difference in the world to stop the inevitable from happening. I let her down again. The police immediately ran to the scene, as did many of the lookers-on to see the live tragedy that was unfolding in front of them. I didn't have to. I had seen it millions of times in my head. It all played out in horrible high definition. I sat on the curb as more sirens cut through the air. I think people were screaming and calling for help as if help wasn't already there. I don't remember taking the revolver with me. I figured I'd ace this whole thing with one go, and I wouldn't have to worry about it again, but there it was. Passenger seat of the car, glistening silver, and the morning light. Six chambers, six trips. One there, one back. The ornate image of snakes stood out, sharp against the metal of the gun. I was fascinated looking at it. It was okay to fail the first time. I know what I'm looking at now. I can think better next time. We can call this a practice round. One more time. One more time couldn't hurt. I grabbed the gun much quicker and easier this time around. I wondered for a moment what would happen if I pulled the trigger. Would I come back? Would there be another version of me here? Will I inhabit the same body? Was multiverse theory correct? The amount of universe-shattering questions that this entire endeavor brought up was honestly staggering, and any other day I'd have been happy to look into them. But I've learned one thing so far, and it's that thinking about what's happening isn't fixing anything. I pulled the trigger. Have you ever woken up from a nap you didn't intend on taking and it lasted way too long? And you have a headache and you're confused and you feel like you've been hit by a truck full of cattle? That is exactly what waking up after this ordeal felt like. I blinked the sleep out of my eye. My ears were ringing loud and long. 
I was back in the library. The scratchy carpet floors irritated the back of my neck. I tried to sit up, but a hand kept me down. Careful now. The transition isn't always easy. What happened? The story of what happened here probably isn't nearly as interesting as what happened with you. You could say that, yeah. I assume it went well. I wouldn't say that, no. I looked around the library. Something was wrong. The paint had changed. The place was cleaner and brighter. And well put together. I could breathe without sneezing through the dust. The old books were gone, replaced by new copies. Computers and state-of-the-art facilities. And people. People were actually here, milling about and getting work done. What happened here? Why is everything... good? You can't go back in time and not expect things to change. I didn't even do it right. She still ended up in the crash. Yes. But Adam Stone Street didn't. I'm sorry, who? Then you entered into the equation with your ridiculously futile, albeit fun-to-watch car chase. You altered the result. In the prime timeline, your wife was one of several victims in the collision. In this one, she was the only one. When you swerved out into traffic, you delayed Van Adam Franklin Stone Street a real estate developer from Listerville, Ontario. After surviving a near-death experience like that, he decided to move to a smaller town. He thought it would let him relax a little bit, get away from the hustle and bustle of the city. He chose Brightfall. You're kidding. I never kid about land development. He stayed for a while before he decided that this town was the hidden gem he needed. Bought up much of the town for cheap. Renovated it. Look outside. I made my way to the door, which was now a fancy rotating number, and I walked outside. The roads were pristine, the sidewalks were busy, thick with activity. There was a street festival going on not two blocks from here. There was a Starbucks in the library I had just been in. It looked more like downtown Portland than Brightwall I had known. Is something going to change every time I go back? Almost definitely, yes. Will it all... Will it all be good? No. This is one of the many choices you have to make. You know what you're capable of. Do you think you can save her with as little disruption as possible? Yes. Think about it now. Yes? I'll tell you what. How about I help you along your way? You can do that? There's a lot of things I can do. You woke up late the day of the accident, correct? What if I set your alarm back about 15 minutes? Gives you a head start. Hopefully makes your next run easier. Yes, 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 of course. Anything. Ah, smart man. That's why I liked you. So, I'll help you along your way this time. Even next time, too. 
should you need it. I won't. Just in case. However, because this is above and beyond the call of duty for a small town librarian, I require a slightly larger payment for my services. Nothing too big. Nothing to be afraid of. However, after these next two attempts, if you don't succeed, I get to choose what happens to you afterwards. What, like, jail or something? I suppose you could call it something like that. Sure. Fine, whatever, I'll do it. I just, I I know I can. Perfect. But I do feel compelled to tell you to maybe take a minute or two to really go over the consequences of these actions. You should always read and reread a contract you're about to sign. Buddy, when you've already sold the product, stop selling. I do beg your forgiveness. The man of science taking a lot on faith right now. Please, by all means, sign here. Out of seemingly nowhere, the librarian pulls out a clipboard with a contract on it. It was many pages long, and the font was minuscule. But that didn't matter to me at this time. There was no way I could fail with him helping me. You haven't given me a pen. Oh, of course. Where are my manners? Here you are. He gave me a slick black pen. Dark. Exceedingly dark. Made almost out of that Vanta black material. I marveled at it for a second. I had never seen anything like it before. You're wasting time. Yeah, no, no, right, of course, yeah. I began to sign the contract, but as I did, I felt a sharp, terrible pain along my wrists. An almost cutting sensation as the red ink took to the page. Once my name was signed, I looked back at my arm to see if something bit me or whatever, but... Instead, I saw my name etched in my own skin. Blood-red scars swelling up around my wrist. What, 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 what is this? What did you do? Come on now. You and I both know that a contract isn't legally binding if it isn't signed in blood. I don't... You were the one who said it was worth it. You aren't having second thoughts now, are you? No. Can't say I didn't try. You know what to do now, don't you? I don't. The only way out is through. This concludes our broadcast day. 